Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite fan podcast for the Vampire Diaries that takes a two-year hiatus and then comes back mystically like it ain't no thing. My name is Beth, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Claire, and we're here after a long while to bring you Season 3, Episode 11, Our Town. Oh my god, Beth, can you believe it? No, I can't. I, I'm speechless. It's been two years. Over two years, actually. It has been over two years. It's it's a lot to be back. Uh, We've lived through a lot of crazy global events. (laughs) Yeah, just to to paint you a picture, the last time we recorded was actually in the fall of 2019. And we were holding on to that episode for a while because we didn't want to post one until we knew when we were going to be able to record again. And then the pandemic happens and it's like March 2020. And I'm like, I have a great idea, Beth. Why don't we, for the people, post this episode that we've been hanging on to? And it'll help them get through quarantine because surely it's not going to last past maybe April or May. And one episode of one podcast is going to save the world. So we did that. (laughs) So that even was like many months after we had even recorded that one. And then it was a pandemic and... A lot of things were happening. Uh, Beth, you want to tell everybody a little bit about what those two years of your life were like? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's. Um, one of the nicest things is that some of our followers of the podcast kind of reach out and ask, like, "Hey, what are you doing? Are you guys ever going to record again?" And truthfully, we haven't responded because <laughs> the world has been <laughs> has been just a literal dumpster fire for the past two and a half years. Um, but on a personal level, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing pretty good. I guess towards the beginning of the pandemic, um, I was still living in Chicago, but our daycare closed and I was trying to work from home with a baby and Mike was still working at his job and it was just a really difficult situation. So we ended up moving in with my in-laws in Pennsylvania. So we lived there for a year and then... About six months ago, uh, we moved to the East Coast and bought a house here um, in Connecticut. Now I live near my family. And my son, on the last episode, he was like eight or nine months old. And now he's three, which is really crazy. So I've been living that mom life for three years. And I I honestly feel like not that much time has gone by since we last recorded. But at the (laughs) same time, I feel like we've lived many lives since then. He's three. That's insane. I know. He was a little baby the last time I saw him. He was. And I was just listening to our last episode earlier this afternoon. And I was like going on about how he had a fever and he was like coughing everywhere. And I was like, (laughs) these days I would not be like just sharing that information publicly. (laughs) But he's a he's a good little guy and he's the best. So it's been a long couple years with everything going on, but I feel like we're in a we're in a good place to be able to record again, and I'm so happy to kind of share that with you. Yes, very yes. good. And Cutest what kid have, have in you the been world. Up to? Not anything as difficult or exciting as raising a child in a pandemic and like living with my in-laws, but I also <laughs> did buy a house uh, last year. That was a longtime dream of mine. Uh, I saved my pennies, and I'm still in Wisconsin. I haven't finished unpacking yet, even though I moved in July of last year. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm very excited to be back. I haven't watched The Vampire Diaries in so long. It used to be like in my rotation of rewatches, 
mm-hmm. along with like mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls and Buffy and all those. But I stopped rewatching it when we started doing the podcast. So I haven't watched any episodes since 2019. So it was really fun to get back to it. Yes, same here. So in order to prep for this episode, I watched a couple episodes from the beginning of season three. I listened to a couple of episodes of our podcast. And truth be told, I will ask our listeners to be very kind and patient with us because some of these episodes I was watching, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know who these people are, why they're fighting, who's dead. So I think I'm like slowly starting to put the pieces back together. But you know, Isbani. we'll get through it like we always do. Isbani. That's the one thing I did not forget. I did not forget Isbani. I did not forget mozzarella. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're on the right track. Yes. So we're going to valiantly attempt to record like we did in the old days. And I guess we should just jump right into it after this 10 minute intro. Definitely. So let's let's do it. So we're on season three, episode 11, and it's called Our Town, which I feel like is some sort of reference to like the play or whatever. It is. And I was thinking at first that it was just because Mayor Carol Lockwood says the words Our Town at some point in the episode. And it's all about everybody having a pissing contest over who's the <laughs> baddest bitch in Mystic Falls. But also... I realized that there's another connection to the play Our Town. Like, obviously, that's where the name comes from. But Uh in that play, I believe there's a character who, after dying, like, watches her own funeral. So that kind of connects to the Caroline story. So it's like a double whammy. Wow, I like that. So creative from the showrunner, whoever the hell came up with that. That's getting into some life is art, art is life kind of thing. Or art is art. (laughs) Art, art, is, art is art. You're right. Uh, where do we see our characters after all this time? Well, Damon's in the shower, having a great time. <laughs> right. I wrote down. I wrote down. Damon smiling widely in shower. He was just grinning. He has the stupidest smile on his face. He's like he has a little like hand shower head attachment and is like rinsing down his chest, just like. I think it's a closed lip grin, but he's like gazing into the ceiling like, oh, little birds are tweeting around my head because I kissed Elena last week or last night or whatever. Yeah. Or two years ago. (laughs) Uh, He's like, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it, but I especially want the shower head to understand. Yeah, and the shower head probably took a journey south after that. But I uh, know. I was thinking the same thing. Speaking (laughs) of sexual frustration... We cut to Elena, who is at Alaric's apartment, a.k.a. like the gym. Yeah. And she's wailing on a punching bag. Yes, going to town on the punching bag. And it took me a minute to realize where she was. Um, At first, I thought she was in a gym, but then Alaric walked out and I realized, oh, she's like at his like batch pad. We need to come up with a nickname for Alaric's apartment now that it's like HQ. We do. Nobody lives there. Some sort of pun like... The Rick Room or something like that. Oh my god, the Rick Room. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it is the Rick Room officially. Yes, okay, perfect. Like so, Rec Room, right? It's... Yes, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Anytime, anytime. So yeah, Elena is just wailing on the punching bag and I think she has like boxing gloves and everything. Like she's she's prepared for this physical activity. <laughs> and Alark comes out and he's like what's up? And she's like, Oh, I didn't sleep last night. And Alaric says, Yeah, I didn't sleep either because I almost died. And I was like, how did Alaric almost die? And then I had to go back and watch a clip from this 
episode before, but I didn't write it down here, so now I also can't really remember what happened. Do you? Uh, Klaus ordered Tyler to get Jeremy to take off his vervain bracelet so that he could compel Jeremy to take off his gaudy ass ring, walk <laughs> into the middle of the street, and let hybrid Tony run him over with his car. And oh. Alaric pushed him out of the way and got hit by the car instead. Oh, yes. And then he that. died, but the ring brought him back, but he was still, like, bleeding internally for some reason. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Claire. Thank you for thank you for remembering all of that. Wow. I mostly remember it because I just listened to our last episode about that episode this morning on my way to work. Okay. <laughs> Good. So it's fresh Perfect. in my mind. But yes, uh, Alaric mentions that he thinks his ring is running out of batteries because it wasn't the quick, like, pop back up, ready to go that it usually is when he gets murdered wearing that yeah. ring. That took me aback because I was like, I didn't know these gaudy ass jewelry could, like, run out of batteries or juice or whatever. That's concerning. Something's going on. And Elena is now even more concerned about Jeremy because if the rings can stop working, then Jeremy has nothing to defend him. And so she's extra sure that it was the right thing to do to have Damon compel him to leave town. He's going to Denver. That that is one thing that they keep bringing up over and over again. They want us to know that it's all the way across from Virginia in Denver. Uh, Yeah, I wonder if Jeremy is moving there because it's the Mile High City and he wants to get high. Yeah, he's always smoking the weed, taking marijuana tablets. (laughs) So the other thing in this scene with Elena and Alaric is that there's this weirdly sexual, like, exchange of comments where he's like, what's got you all worked up? And she's like, I'm just working out some frustration. Oh, like, I didn't mm, pick up on that. Okay. But I don't like it. It's like, Elena like has a confusing boner, which is understandable. And so she needs to punch things about it. It's like, almost like she's a Salvatore. <laughs> it is. It is. They're she's really rubbing off habits. on her in more ways than one. Oh, I know. They are. <laughs> Damon comes out of the shower with a towel on and Stefan is there and he's like, yo, we got to meet Bonnie in the witch basement, bro. Time's a ticking. Time is money. Money is time. Yeah, Stefan is in this place now where he's just obsessed with getting revenge on Klaus. He doesn't care about anything else. And Damon's like still riding on the high of mashing his face against Elena's face on the front porch. And he's like, chill out. We'll we'll go. It's fine. And I think while... Damon and Stefan are kind of prepping for their day to go figure out how they're going to get back at Alaric. Uh, we cut over to Bonnie. Um, at Alaric? Oh, sorry. At Klaus. <laughs> I, I don't think oh, that's sorry. a pairing of characters you've ever confused before. <laughs> that's so exciting. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, there's new mistakes to be made every day. We're trying. We're trying. But yes, while Damon and Stefan are planning their day to go over to the house and planning their revenge to get back at Klaus. We do a quick cut over to Bonnie and we see her just actively doing a spell to try and open the coffin, the locked coffin of a mystery person, right? Who we think potentially holds the key to destroying Klaus. Yeah, they've convinced themselves that because this one coffin won't open, it must be some way dangerous to Klaus. I don't know what their logic is here, but I'm just going to go with it because there's too much else going on and I only have so many brain cells. Yes, I know. It seems like I was like, oh, there must be some sort of like jump that they made that was addressed in a previous episode and I missed. But I 
I think that they just assume. Like, I don't think that they have any proof of that or even discuss it before this point. Yeah, they're just making an ass out of you and me. And Bonnie's chanting at it with in Latin and then yells, why won't you open? And then the witches start whispering again and the coffins disappear. And I think it's because Bonnie like senses a presence in the house and we see something creepily zooming in the background. Yes. And I'm really scared because I don't want anything to happen to my girl, Bonnie. <laughs> but then we cut to outside where Damon and Stefan are coming up to the house And all of the sudden, out of nowhere, Damon just rips the heart out of this hybrid that's creeping around the house to try and protect the coffins. Yeah, he like senses a disturbance in the forest while he and Stefan are bickering about, of course, I'm not going to tell Elena. Are you sure you're not going to tell Elena? No, I'm not going to tell Elena. Wait. And then they tag team this hybrid who gets no lines and rip out his heart. And Stefan's like, we got to do something about these hybrids. And that is his mission for the rest of the episode. (laughs) He names it and he tries to do it. Yes, he is manifesting. It's his vision board. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think we have our title scene. So there's like a lot, or our title card, there's a lot that happens um, in the first like three minutes or so of the show. As usual, (laughs) there's always so much going on. But we find out after we come back that it's a very important day and the kids are at school, which is immediately suspicious. But it turns out that it's because Elena and Bonnie need to decorate Caroline's locker for her birthday. Oh. I thought it was very cute. I thought it was very cute, too. But it also reminded me of a time in high school that my friends decorated my locker and then a bully ripped it down and wrote, you are a bitch on my locker. (laughs) So I'm not holding a grudge now, but that's what it reminded me of. Oh, my God. Who Name names. We're going to hunt him down. Yeah, let me... Pull up their information and announce it to all of our listeners. Dox No, but yeah, yeah, please. But yeah, it was super cute. And I was excited because I really love the scenes in the show where they're back at high school because I think that, you know, the vampire scenes, like all the fighting and stuff is fun, but it's fun to be reminded that these are like regular high school kids, kind of. Um, so yeah, Bonnie's got the cute birthday sign. Elena's putting decorations up at the locker but then kind of the conversation turns a little bit darker because elena decides that she has to tell bonnie that jeremy is leaving and that damon compelled jeremy to leave in order for jeremy to be protected from all of this crazy vampire bullshit and have a chance at a normal life smoking weed in denver Yeah, and Bonnie just makes his face like, are you fucking serious? When Elena says that she had Damon compel him. And she's not on board, and she's 100% right. It's really fucked up. And I think as we said in the last episode two years ago, like, we're really glad that Jeremy's leaving town, but it's also not okay that Elena did that. No, not at all. If it was anybody else, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I know. Me too. I I like will forgive it because it's Jeremy and truthfully, I would want him out of my hair as well. And Bonnie is kind of over the whole being cheated on thing with Ghost Anna (laughs) because she's concerned about this whole compulsion situation. So Elena's like, I thought you'd want to say goodbye. And Bonnie looks wistfully down the hallway at where Jeremy is talking to some blonde guy we've never seen before. And in this moment, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I thought that Jeremy was already going to be out of town after last episode. And we have to have a whole nother episode with Jeremy. What a bait and switch. 
Oh, I know. And he's in this episode like quite a bit. The pain I in the butt. Was very offended on a personal level. <laughs> I can't remember if he had that haircut before where he's like all clean cut Ken doll now. Yeah. Or if that's like his compulsion look. I know. Yeah, he does like have kind of a dopey look on his face, but I, I think it might be related to the haircut and also that weird pleather jacket that he wore <laughs> this whole episode. It wasn't great. Oh my God. So, so basically, Elena is like, Bonnie, I just am telling you this in case you want to say goodbye. It's like, what a great friend. I did really love the top that Bonnie is wearing this episode. It's like a brown shirt that has like, a boob window that is like it's laced up yes. i thought it was cute and she has a, she's always wearing a nice pendant necklace she's got good taste in necklaces usually she does i forgot about the boob window that, that was a style for a while oh yeah i definitely had a top that had some kind of like side lace-ups Ooh, around that time I dig it. yeah of course i would wear a tank top underneath it because i'm a prude but <laughs> So then we leave the girls at school and we jump back to... So what, is this the witch's house that they're at, Claire? Yes. Okay. So we jump back to the witch's house and Damon and Stefan are still going on and on about the locked coffin box. And we're reminded that Klaus has six siblings and they do kind of a quick rundown for us and remind us of who's in all of the coffins. I was very grateful to Damon in this moment because I know that in the past I had been confused about how many and who, like how many children were in that family and who they were. Cause I could remember fewer originals than they said there were. Right. And so I recorded this bit of exposition that Damon gives uh, just to explain it to dum-dums like me who can't do math. Great. All right, Klaus has six siblings. Rebecca's now with Klaus. There was one dead kid in the old world, one dead kid in the new world, which leaves Elijah and two others. Thank you, Damon. I was genuinely like worried that I was going to have to figure that out myself. So I really appreciated it. Yes, so helpful. And what's confusing is like, Stefan is basically saying that whatever is in the locked coffin is what's going to kill Klaus for whatever reason he thinks that and that he's going to do whatever he has to in order to get that open and destroy Klaus. Mm -hmm. But what's weird is that he keeps threatening to drop the coffins in the bottom of the ocean. And is there something that prevents vampires from going to the bottom of the ocean like they could do everything but go to the bottom of the ocean like that's the one thing that's gonna stop klaus from getting to the coffins it seems like they could figure that out i feel like the implication is that if they dropped the coffins in the ocean it would be really hard to find them because the ocean is huge and full of terrifying creatures (laughs) okay okay so they might drift around and they'd have to go scuba diving for like 100 years (laughs) and i don't think klaus likes his siblings that much (laughs) Right. Okay. That helps explain it a little bit. I just kept being like, okay, like they could do anything, you know, what, why is the bottom of the ocean going to stop them? But you're right. The ocean is a lot deeper than than I think about in my day to day and more vast. Indeed. They're not just going to tuck, chuck it off like Virginia beach uh, here (laughs) or something. I mean, it's Damon. He might. A quick day trip from Mystic Falls. They'll never find Vicky's body. (laughs) You're right. They'll never find Amy Bradley in that ravine. (laughs) So in this scene, Damon is at one point whacking the coffin with a shovel and is surprised that that doesn't work. And then he 
throws some shade at the dead witches, which I thought was bold. He's like, you can hide these coffins, but you can't open one. What kind of dead witches are you? And I was really expecting them to like fuck with him from beyond the grave like they usually do, but they didn't. Yeah. I was oh. like, are they napping or something? What's going on? They're over the pandemic as well. They're saving their energy. <laughs> yes. I feel you witches. <laughs> same. Same witches, same. So yeah, Stefan wants to dump Elijah in the ocean, which I do not approve of. Plus, whoever these other two jabronis are, are three jabronis. And basically, he sets up that he thinks that Klaus is bluffing about murdering everybody if he throws the family in the ocean. Klaus later thinks Stefan is bluffing about everything. So it's all just a big game of chicken. And nobody could possibly win in this scenario. We find ourselves in a pickle again. How does this keep happening? (laughs) Right. So then we leave the guys at the witch house and we pop back over to the school where Bonnie has gone up to Jeremy and she's like, oh, you're heading to Denver, huh? And Jeremy's all like, yeah, I think it's going to be a really great opportunity for me to smoke some weed and have a better (laughs) life or whatever. And then Bonnie says... Oh, that's the same exact thing that Elena says. And Jeremy's like, what do you mean? So she's hinting at the reason why he's going is because he's compelled, but he's not aware of that. Yeah, he's too busy coming up with a great comeback of like, I didn't think you'd care that I was leaving town. Right, right. But Bonnie, ever a good person, she kind of rises above his bullshit. And she's like, well, I'm just sorry that you have to go. Yeah, like I was upset about the Anna thing, but I didn't want Mm -hmm. you to leave town. Right. I did, but... <laughs> yes, that makes one of us. <laughs> it's Exactly. Oh, Bonnie. And then we get Caroline driving up to school, and I was very thrown off by Caroline's look in this episode. I feel like they styled her really differently than they usually do. I thought the same thing. I was like, where did that skirt come from? Yeah, she's got this, like, Hot Topic plaid skirt, and, like, mm-hmm. the rest of her outfit is black. Her hair is, like, flat-ironed. When usually it's nice and wavy or curly, and she's wearing really shiny lip gloss. And I was like, is she going through an Avril Lavigne phase or something? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> is this is, because she's, like, really moody this episode? Yeah. For no for know. dubious reasons. But she pulls up to school, and Tyler is there waiting for her at the parking lot. He just knew which spot she was going to park in. Ugh, Maybe okay. the head cheerleader has a reserved spot. Oh, probably. Yeah, so he's creeping around, and I notice that she's either listening to a Coldplay cover band or a Frey cover band, and she's feeling emotional as she drives into the school parking lot. And I noticed that the the lyric, like the first lyric we hear when she's like gazing wistfully out the window is, so it's over. Oh. So relevant. Yes. So on the nose. And also, there's a line that says, like, impossible to me, but... The way that the guy sings it, it sounds like he's saying Kim Possible to me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> so I was just thinking about Kim Possible for the rest of the scene. Call me. Beat me if you want to reach me. Oh, my God. So Caroline is not pleased to see Tyler because she's still mad that Tyler almost got Jeremy killed due to the fact that Tyler is a sire, right? He's sired. Sired. Yes. Okay. Klaus is his sire. Okay. Klaus is the sire. uh, Tyler is sired. Got it. Exactly. And he's the one who almost got Jeremy killed for the long, confusing reason that Claire explained a couple minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. And 
Tyler has really changed his tune from last week because he was all mad at Caroline for not sticking by him before. But now he's like, I get, I just wanted to tell you, I get it. I'm sorry. I really want you to be Bay, but it's physically impossible for me to not have Klaus be Bay. So I get it. Happy birthday here. Have this cheesy charm bracelet. Oh, it was so cheesy. And it was in that cheesy bag, like the one that they give you for free at Claire's. (laughs) It was black organza. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the charm bracelet was so cheesy. Did it have a football helmet on it as one of the charms? I couldn't tell. I wanted to pause it and look at it for longer, but I didn't. It was so cheesy, though. It looked like one of those ones that you get, like, if you put a quarter in one of those gumball machines, but instead of gumballs, it's like a little plastic thing with a bracelet in it. That's what this looked like. He didn't go to Jared. (laughs) He did not. He did not. But Caroline is very touched by this. She says she's sorry, too. They're both frowning. And it is sad. Like, it's a bummer of a situation because Tyler and Caroline were a pretty good couple for two seconds. We were liking Tyler more than we ever had before. But then this just threw a wrench in everything. Right. And he really does not have a choice to an even greater extent than we thought, as we realize <laughs> later in this episode. Oh my gosh, I know. That one, that surprised me, but but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. First, we have to go to Klaus, who has put Rebecca in her coffin and says, <laughs> Good night, Rebecca, or sleep well, Rebecca, or something like that. And then tells his uh, number one hybrid minion, the one with the, the bad flippy hairdo from the last couple episodes, to show her to her room. <laughs> So British. We find find out her name is Mindy this week. We might have found that out before and I just wasn't paying attention, but I noticed Mindy. it this time. And then as Klaus bids Mindy and Rebecca adieu, we see Stefan just waltz in like he owns the place. Yeah, and Klaus's house is still under construction. There's power tools nearby. Yes, there are. And so he moved into a house in, in Mystic Falls, right? Yeah, he's like... Yeah creating his dream home his forever it's home HGTV. it's an hgtv special yes his dream home oh my god and all of the hybrids like build it and work together to design it the house that hybrids built <laughs> this original house yeah so stefan like pretty come pretty much comes in and maybe there's a little small talk but the gist of the conversation is that he's like yo klaus i want these hybrids gone out of my town and Klaus is like, is that a threat, Stefan? I thought we were friends. And Stefan's like, do friends rob each other of their free will? And I was like, Stefan, did you do that to Elena for a couple of years? <laughs> so I kind of see where Klaus is, is coming from. Yeah, Klaus kind of mentions what we saw in the episode where Michael got killed, where he like was really hoping that after he removed the compulsion that Stefan would still want to date or, you know, be bros. Yeah. And he's like, I was hurt that you didn't want to keep going, take, carry on where we left off. And maybe it was a bit extreme to compel you, but <laughs> something, something, something. And then they threaten each other a lot. Uh, Stefan says something about dropping Elijah into the Arctic. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. They couldn't just, like, pop the coffin open so we could see Elijah's face for a second. Like, come on. Oh, it's for real. Yeah. We had to see Jeremy instead. I know. Multiple shots of Jeremy in his pleather jacket. Ugh. 
So they're getting up in each other's faces, and Mindy comes back, and she's like, is there a problem? And Klaus says, Stefan was just leaving after failing to make his point. Oh, yeah, burnt, bitch. And Stefan makes a sassy face, and then what, what does he do, Beth? He just beheads Mindy in one fell swoop. Like, it is just fast and furious. <laughs> too fast, too furious. <laughs> too fast, too furious. And I'm like, I know she had a bad haircut, but there's less extreme ways to fix that, Stefan. I know. Stefan is just very aggressive in this episode. He is taking all of the prisoners for wanting to defeat Klaus. Yeah. So they're both pretty pissed still, and they both still are holding threats over each other's heads, but it's serious now. Blood has been spilled. And yeah, that's two hybrids in a day, right? In the morning, it was the... The one that Damon ripped his heart out, and then in the afternoon it was Monday. Hybrids in the morning, hybrids in the <laughs> evening, hybrids at supper time. When hybrids on a bagel, <laughs> you can kill hybrids anytime. Oh my god, I'm so happy you kept the bagel. I thought you were gonna change, <laughs> but keeping the bagel, Chef's kiss. I was gonna try to come up with something funny, but I don't have enough brain cells anymore. <laughs> No, that was perfect. Never that was changed. also, like, not even close to the melody, but I just had to follow my heart. So we cut from that to Caroline, who apparently just got back in her car and went home after the conversation with Tyler. She didn't go to school. and so she made an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> just a drive-by. So she comes home, and she's, like, putting her keys down, and she's, again, gazing wistfully into the middle distance. But then... Her friends all pop out, all three of them, to give her a surprise mini party. And I'm like, you probably shouldn't sneak up on and pop out at a vampire. Like, you're all human, more or less. Right. Because it's Elena, Bonnie, and Matt. Those are the three people who have come to celebrate Caroline's birthday. I was so confused that Matt was there. Yeah, all of a sudden, Matt is, like, chill with Caroline. I feel like it was very reason that he was being a total douchebag to her. But again, it's been two years. I don't know. Right. So they want to have a surprise party for Caroline. And they're pretty much like, we're going to go to the falls. We're going to have a fire. It's going to be the best because we're going to make s'mores and celebrate your, is it 17th or 18th birthday? Well, it's supposed to be her 18th birthday, but Caroline has become very emo about being a vampire in this episode just so that a certain scene can happen later on. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not really believable. Like, it's clunky, I think, the way that they handle it. So Caroline's basically like, I don't like birthdays anymore because it just reminds me that I'm dead and that I didn't even like being 17. I wanted to be 18, but now I'll never be 18. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. All I need is time, a moment that is mine (laughs) while I'm a pizza bagel. And they're like, huh, that's dark, but okay. And Elena has a new idea. But I don't think we get to find out what it is yet. Yes, I think we get to that a little bit later in the episode. So then we go back to House of Klaus. and (laughs) House of Klaus, I love it. It's like House of Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Mickey Klaus Clubhouse. Okay, sorry, I'm done. Um, So Klaus is just having all kinds of guests pop in today because Tyler walks in and... Apparently, Klaus made some sort of either phone call or, like, boner signal to let Tyler know that he had to come over. 
Um, and Klaus wants Tyler to hurt Stefan. So Klaus is yeah. trying to recruit him. And Tyler's like, you already ruined my life. I lost my friends and my girlfriend. Just have one of your other hybrids do it. And Klaus is like, where's the fun in that? I want you to bite Caroline. Oh, my goodness. And Tyler is like, no, that's the one thing that I won't do. Because if I were to bite Caroline in order for you to get back at Stefan, that's going to kill her because a werewolf bite on a vampire is deadly. Yeah, so he says, no, no, no. And Klaus is like, all right, mate. Free will, whatever. You don't have to do it. You can go. And it seems like that's going to be the end of that situation. That's resolved. I know. I I was like, hmm. Definitely not going to come back. So we leave those two fools. And then we see our favorite duo of Damon and Alaric having a lovely evening walk. And we find out that they're on their way to um, a council meeting which is doubly a fundraiser for the bridge in town. Yes, I noticed there was a sign outside the venue that said Mystic Falls Founders Hall. I don't know if we've ever seen that before. I guess that's where they hold events when they aren't at the Lockwoods. But yes, it's a Wickery (laughs) Bridge restoration fundraiser. Really, the main character of this episode is Wickery Bridge. Like, it gets a lot of shout-outs. It does, but somehow I couldn't remember its name. (laughs) And this conversation between Damon and Alaric was one of my favorite parts of the episode because Alaric is just like, wait a second, is Stefan's humanity switch on or off? I, I'm so confused. And I'm like, yes, we all are because the humanity switch concept is inherently stupid and yes. doesn't make sense. And Damon's like, I think Stefan has more of a dimmer switch right now. <laughs> like he's got mood lighting. Does he have a clapper? <laughs> Evil. Clap Good. Evil on. Evil off. <laughs> so Damon's concerned because this makes Stefan a wild card. And this is the moment in the episode where I have to talk about Buffy a little bit. Actually, I have to yeah. talk about Angel, the series, wow. a little bit. Okay. Uh, so in season two of Angel, there's this whole arc for the character Angel where he's not his evil alter ego and jealous, but he's also not good Angel. He's somewhere in between because Darla and Drusilla have been tormenting him and trying to bring him to the dark side. He sets them up on fire at one point. He lets them murder a bunch of lawyers and everybody's like, what's, what's going on with Angel? He's not Angelus, but why is he doing all these things? And he's like in a fight with all his friends. I was like, Ooh. so that's basically Stefan right now. Stefan yeah. is always a pretty much direct correspondent to Angel. So yeah, shout out to all my Buffy fans out there. My yeah, Buffy thanks. fans? Yes, they're my Buffy fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your fellow fans. No, thanks for drawing that that parallel for us. Because as we know, I don't know Angel. It's probably on my to-do list to watch at some point in my life. But it's good to know that like those themes kind of carry through. Anyway, back to the Vampire Diaries. What was happening, Beth? So yeah, after the Humanity Dimmer Switch uh, conversation... The gents walk in, I guess, to the to the party, and we cut over to the woods where our crew has begun Caroline's funeral in order to help save say goodbye to her old 17-year-old life. Uh, yes, Elena's new plan was to bring her to some creepy crypt, and which is also extremely buffy. Like, that could have been Spike's crypt that they were in. Oh, okay. But I digress. 
uh, yes, she's like, you don't need a birthday party. You need a funeral. And Caroline's like, all right, yeah, here lies Caroline Forbes. And then Bonnie and Elena say some nice things about Caroline, like, Miss Mystic Balls, great friend, blah, blah, blah. And then Matt's like, kind of a bitch sometimes. I know. I wrote that down. I was so disgusted at that. I was like, Matt, they let you back into the friend group. And the first thing you're going to do is insult Caroline on her birthday slash funeral. I mean, he, he says mean girl, but what he really meant was bitch. Yeah, ugh, I hated that. I, I also wrote that down to, like, bring up in Wireman because it just disgusted me so much. And this was, like, an uncharacteristically good episode for Matt. Uh-huh. And that was, like, his one moment of, like, oh, right, he's that douchebag. Yeah, you're still horrible. <laughs> yep. So they're having a good old time at Caroline's funeral, and things are heating up over at the fundraiser. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, now Meredith fell at the party having a great time. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I was like, there's a party in this episode. We get to say now we at the party. Yes. Yeah. So we'll remember from last episode that Dr. Fell was working at the hospital when Alar came in with his injuries. And she was like, this dude is for sure going to die. He just got hit full speed at the car. Um, but she didn't know that he had a magical ring to bring him back to life at the time, I think. So, yeah. She's like, oh, hey, here's Alaric. How are you still kicking? And he's like, well, I have 10 lives, LOL. And she's like, no, I seriously, how are you still alive? <laughs> you live in a town with a vampire problem. So then Alaric realizes that she's also on the council. Yeah, she's like, well, my last name is Fell. So obviously I know about vampires. My whole family does. Which makes me think, is Tina Fell on the council? Or is she going to be? Does she know about the vampires? That's is that why I'm she thinking. had to drink and drive? Probably that's I, I had the same thought because I was like, oh, like I thought that the council just had like one person from each family because I think that that's what they had established in season one. Right. Because like everyone has kind of like a representative. I feel like they all have a representative on the council, but like they tell their families about the vampires, at least like yeah, maybe they don't no tell secrets. the kids till they're 18 or something. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, I so... really love in this scene that Alaric is looking at a scale model of what Wiggery Bridge is going to look like once it's restored. And it's like the smallest, most basic ass bridge I've ever seen. Like you need a model of this. It's literally just like a straight bridge across a very small like river. Right. Yeah. Like the imagine this. Like, yeah. <laughs> imagine. So good. So good. Uh, but but yeah. they're flirting. They're flirting over the bridge. Um, sparks are flying. I feel like. Yeah. They're too hot to handle. And she says, oh, where's your friend? I was going to ask him to make a donation to this really fancy, amazing, cool design bridge. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, you should definitely hit him up because he's rich. And she's like, oh, great. There's this British guy who just agreed to match all our donations. <laughs> and Alaric says, what do you mean, British guy? <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. I, that made me laugh so hard. Like his delivery of that line's like, British? What? <laughs> what is British? Yeah, I, I thought that that was super funny, too. And then we cut over because Klaus is in there schmoozing with Carol. Mayor Carol Lockwood, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. This was one of my favorite scenes in, the sh in, in this episode because yes. it was just, first of all, just so fucking weird. Like, Klaus just, like, waltzes into the council meeting slash bridge fundraiser and, like, he's just trying to, like, ingratiate himself with the powerful people in town. But it was just super weird. 
Yeah, and he's flirting with Mary Carol Lockwood because that's what all of the originals do. That Like, all the vampires in town know to just hit on Carol because uh-huh. Elijah did it. Damon did it. Now Klaus is doing it. And she is into all of them. Like, she wants to have a four-way. Good for you, Mare. Get it, girl. But <laughs> I'm not going to stand in your way. Yeah. She's into it, but Damon is not into it. And he tries to blow up Klaus's spot by being like, Carol, did you know that Klaus ruined your son's life uh, by making him a sired hybrid? And this was one of many points in the episode where I, like, forgot how everybody knows everything now. I was like, does Carol know about hybrids? <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. But she knows everything, including that Klaus turned Tyler into one. Yeah, and it's so weird because her defense of, like, the whole situation is that Klaus is going to protect the town and Tyler. And I'm like, but why does, like, that seems like a weird jump to make after your son was, like, turned into a hybrid. Well, it seems like she and Klaus had had some kind of conversation before where they made a deal where Klaus was like, me and my hybrids are going to protect Mystic Falls and your son. And in exchange, you're not going to fuck with us. And it's like, Mm -hmm. here, I'm going to solve this problem that I created because what are they going to protect it from themselves? Right. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And Damon points that out as well. But Carol's like, all I care about is our town, the title of the episode. Oh, yes, yes. So we leave the folks over to squabble at the fundraiser about protecting the town. And we hop over to the birthday party slash funeral. And Caroline is texting with Tyler, which was a little surprising um, based on their earlier interaction. Well, she's drunk texting him, so that's understandable. Yeah, it looks like they're drinking like a knockoff Evan Williams um, straight out the bottle. I think they're drinking tequila because Matt, like, very broily said, and tequila when they talked about their original plan to go to to the falls. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That seems more on brand for them. Yeah. A, a nice tequila. <laughs> Probably not a nice tequila, but a tequila. But, like, at least have, like, some soda with it or something. I don't know. They're just swigging it out the bottle. I guess it's kind of like doing shots. Yeah, that's true. I'm an old woman now, Claire. <laughs> shots? What are shots? Yeah. Why are these kids swigging out the bottle? Is this euphoria high? <laughs> yeah, is this euphoria. <laughs> oh my God. Excellent show, by the way. I, I just watched season one um, last weekend and I'm obsessed with it. I haven't watched season two yet or like the special episodes they put out in between, but I keep on seeing tweets about season two and apparently it gets crazier. I know I haven't I watched the first I watched the specials and I watched the first episode of season two and I really like the show it's it's dramatic indeed anyway back to our back to our show <laughs> our um, town. I guess <laughs> back, to, back to our town Bonnie is there she's trying to have a good time but she starts getting a little bit sassy with Elena because she's upset that Elena compelled what's his face Jeremy Tyler Jeremy Oh my god. Tyler's boyfriend Jeremy. Yeah. She's upset that Elena compelled Jeremy to go to Denver. And she has a really good line there. Uh she gets a she gets a good burn um in. Yeah, because Elena's like judging Caroline for texting Tyler. She's like, How could you do that? And Bonnie just straight up says, You can't just control what everybody does all the time. Right. And then she's like, What are you gonna compel me to? And I was like, Oh, that's a sick burn. And Matt's like, this isn't chill. This isn't tight. I'm going to walk away for a minute. 
experiment. And Bonnie's like, I just can't hang right now. I'm too mad. And she leaves. Mm-hmm. And I think we go back to Founders Hall. We do. And uh, Sheriff Caroline's mom, Liz, is in full garb, her full uniform, just walking around the party. As usual. I, I love it. Why is that woman always in her sheriff uniform? Because like, nobody like, else works at the police. <laughs> like a Friday night like at a fundraiser, and she won't change out of her sheriff's uniform. It's so good. She knows she's just going to have to put it on when somebody gets murdered in 20 minutes. She's practical. <laughs> That's true. It must be nice to have only one outfit. Right? I wish I had a uniform for work. Me too. Well, actually, my uniform for work is my leggings and dirty sweatshirt every day because mm. I work from home. I would love that uniform. So, yeah, Damon and Sheriff Forbes are talking about the situation with Klaus and Carol. And Sheriff Forbes is like, yeah, she's Team Klaus. I'm Switzerland. But also, like, I don't want Stefan going on a rampage. And she's like the second of 12 people this week to tell Damon that he needs to get Stefan under control. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, man. His humanity switch is so confusing. I don't know what's going to happen next. Role reversal, blah, blah, blah. Indeed. Indeed. And then a really weird and random thing happens. With Meredith? Yeah. Yeah. So Meredith, who is Dr. Fell, Mm -hmm. she's having kind of a weird spat with a guy named Brian. And they kind do they like get like minorly physical like like she tries to like give him a shove or he tries to grab her arm or something. I feel like he grabs her arm maybe. Yeah. Because but, Alara comes over and she's like, "Is there a problem here? I mostly serve as the guy who breaks up fights in this town." I know. Can't mind his own business. And this Brian fellow is like, "Step back, man. You don't know what you're dealing with. This is a this is a psycho case." Bitches be crazy. To Meredith. Yeah. And, and then Alark just like jumps to like the next level. He's like, listen, man, I'm going to kick your teeth in. Yeah. Alark was getting pretty aggro. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a lot of pent up frustration as well. I guess so. But my favorite thing in this scene is that we learned that this Brian guy is the medical examiner. And that means that he's the one who signs his name next to animal attack on all the death certificates. Oh my gosh. The corruption is deep. Is one of the most important people in Mystic Falls. He is Mr. Animal Attack. (laughs) Mr. Animal Attack. And he's also the prom date that dumped Meredith Fell on Wickery Bridge, because Wickery Bridge is where everything happens. Wickery Bridge is a horrible place. Good thing they're rebuilding it to be super basic. They're going to make it harder, better, faster, stronger. (laughs) Yeah, so that's all like a weird tangential thing that's just setting up future plot lines. So it's kind of clunky, but it's like another opportunity for Alaric and Meredith to flirt. She's like, thanks for the hero moment. Oh, I know. So weird. Like, okay, I get it. They're into each other. RIP and Jenna. (laughs) I know. We barely knew ye. So meanwhile, Stefan arrives at the council meeting slash fundraiser slash party. And he basically, like, waltzes in, immediately grabs a knife. Yeah, there's this giant knife just, like, sitting on one of the party tables, and he just grabs it and walks away. Yes. Like, why are people leaving knives around? This is Mystic Falls. (laughs) I know. Don't they know that you could get stabbed at any moment? 
So, yeah, he, like, waltzes in, grabs the knife, and immediately goes upstairs and stabs a hybrid. Like, do we even establish, like, how he knew it was a hybrid or why they were there? I think it was Klaus's new second-in-command. Okay. Daniel, I think, is his name. He was a bland-looking white man, so I don't know. He was. But he stabs him in the gut, and he's about to slice his head off, but Damon comes running up, and he's like, no killing hybrids at the founder's party. (laughs) A good rule. Yeah, and Stefan's like, man, I really wanted to decapitate another bitch, but okay, I'll have an argument with my brother instead about which of us is dumber. Basically, that's what they do. And they, like, are talking and talking, and then they, of course, get on the topic of Elena. And I think Stefan's, like, kind of implying that, like, he can't act like this because it's dangerous, and it would be dangerous for Elena as well. And then Stefan goes to Damon, well, it's your job to protect Elena now. All I care about is Klaus. Yeah, pretty much. All I care about is revenge. Yeah, and Damon says something hilarious. He's like, to beat a villain like Klaus, you have to be smarter than them. And he like points at his brain like to indicate (laughs) that he's smart. And I'm like, girl. Yes. No. But then Stefan says, no, to beat the villain, you have to be the better villain. Oh, so, so Damon's wise. like, when they go low, we go high. And Stefan's like, no, I'm going to set a bitch on fire or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Stefan's whole uh, vibe this week. And then we go back to the crypt party. Yes. And Tyler has now arrived. So Caroline's drunk texting has worked. And she, I think, steps outside the crypt to go and talk to him. And then we see Matt kind of hanging out with Elena for a little bit, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, they go off to have a private chat, and Elena and Matt have this serious conversation. Like, Elena's like, oh, are you cool with them, like, talking? And he says he just wants everybody to be happy in in this crazy life they're stuck in. Yeah, Matt coming out like like he's better than everybody because he's not involved in any of the vampire werewolf bullshit. I'm like, Matt, you're hanging out in a crypt with a vampire and a witch. Like, you're in this shit, too. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, everything's fine with me, guys. But Olena's like, you really think we're stuck? And he's like, yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. He's just like, yep. And then we go to Tyler and Caroline. And Tyler is really excited because he said no to Klaus and, like, Klaus didn't murder him and it was fine. So he thinks that means that he's not totally sired. Like, his love is stronger than the sire bond. Right, right. Caroline's like, no, dude, it's fine. Like, we weren't meant to be. And he's like, but I love you. And apparently he never said that before because she's like, you love me? And then they make out. Yes. And at first you're like, oh, okay. But quickly it gets a little bit aggressive, the makeout sesh. And Tyler, like, kind of, like, nicks her neck a little bit. So, like, it wasn't, like, a full-on bite, but it was, like, part of the kiss that got a little too carried away. And Caroline was like, oh, my God, did you just bite me? And Tyler is super shocked because you can tell that it wasn't purposeful. But we can see that he actually, his love wasn't stronger than his siredness, his sire duties. Um, And deep down, he did what Klaus wanted him to, and, and he bit Caroline. Yeah, and he's like, fuck, I have no free will, and my girlfriend's about to die. This is not how I wanted this conversation to go. 
One of the things that I liked about this scene, like, you know, Caroline kind of falls back into the tree and she's like, get away from me, get away from me. And Tyler starts running away and there's these like super fake Halloween decoration gravestones around them. Like they're so flimsy and weird. It just looks like somebody went to Spirit of Halloween and bought like foam gravestones to put around the area. Oh man, I didn't notice that. I got to watch it again. Yes, it was so good. (sighs) So that didn't go well. Matt and Elena are actually being kind of cute. Like, they're drunk, and Elena's like, ooh, Matt's being haunted by the fell ghost. And I'm like, who's the fell ghost? Is it Tina Fell? Did she die? Oh. But they're, like, giggling and having fun. But, oops, then Stefan turns up, and he smashes Matt into a wall. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. That was wild. Like, just out of nowhere. And he grabs Elena. And just runs away with her. Yeah. Good old-fashioned kidnapping. Although she's 18 now, it's adult napping. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, so he grabs her and throws her in the car and starts, like, speeding away from the woods. Mm -hmm. And Elena's phone rings, and, of course, Stefan takes it upon himself to answer it, and it's Damon calling. Um, And he's like, what are you doing with Elena? Like, why are you answering Elena's phone? And then Stefan immediately, like, starts talking about Klaus again, of course. And he's like, well, what's Klaus going to do when... There's no more hybrids because I've destroyed his bloodline. So he's like threatening to kill Elena. Yeah. And he hangs up and throws Elena's phone out the window. (laughs) As one does. Yeah. Why not? Because he's just being really extra this week. So he has to take every opportunity to be dramatic. Absolutely. And Damon goes to Klaus and is like, listen, Stefan is off his rocker and he is zooming around in a car with Elena and says he's going to cut off your bloodline so you can't make new hybrids. Like, you got to step down from this pissing contest. And Klaus is like, love like that lasts forever. I don't believe he'll hurt Elena. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. A true romantic. Yeah. And Klaus and Damon get kissing distance while Damon's like, I know Stefan better than anyone, and I don't know what he's going to do right now. He's crazy, and I think you need to blink. Yeah, Because they're all like, weird. who's going to blink first? In the staring contest, I guess? Is that, like, a thing that, like, a phrase that's used? I never heard, like, who's going to blink first. I feel like that's how they're referring to this game of chicken, like... Yeah. That whoever blinks first loses, it's like whoever caves to the other's demands. Yeah, like, I get it. I just never heard that, like, I just never heard that phrase before. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So I think that's a cliffhanger for a second because we got to go back to Caroline. Yes. Yeah. So apparently Matt wakes up from his probable concussion after getting slammed into whatever nearby tree and gravestone. Yeah, footage Um, not found. (laughs) I know. I wish they they showed that part. Deleted scenes. Yes, an outtake of him stumbling through, tripping over the gravestones. <laughs> Drunk and concussed. <laughs> yes. Um, so Matt is carrying Caroline into her home, into the Forbes household. Yes, and Sheriff Forbes is there. She left the party early, I guess. And Matt's like, she got bit by Tyler, and Caroline's already hallucinating. Maybe hybrid yeah. bites work faster? I don't know. But she says, I'm sorry, mommy. I know. That was really sad. Yeah. And so they take her to bed and everybody's very concerned and rightly so because like Caroline's the best. She cannot die. 
I know. I was I was getting a little worried at this point. Mm-hmm. But then we jump away from the Forbes house and we go see what Stefan and Elena are up to in the speeding car that is speeding through Mystic Falls. And I guess Stefan has his own phone now because he's talking to Klaus. <laughs> yeah, he pulled, he pulled his phone out. <laughs> and Klaus is like, you're not going to kill Elena. Like, I don't buy it. And he's like, yeah, maybe I'll just turn her into a vampire. I Like, maybe I'll just drive off Wickery Bridge. Uh, yeah. And Elena's screaming this whole time, like, stop, Stefan! Elena has really good scream acting this episode, I noticed. Like, yeah, she very convincingly like- upset. Yes, she seemed super, super scared. And the whole time that she's like kind of screaming in the background, Stefan's like, get your hybrids out, Klaus, or you're never going to get your family back. Like, Elena's going to be gone. And things kind of like become increasingly crazy. So he makes a lit or he what does he do? He like bites his own arm and like forces Elena to drink a little bit of his blood so that if he were to drive off the bridge, she would turn into a vampire like upon her death. Yeah, he pulls a daemon. Yes. And force feeds his blood to Elena to potentially make her a vampire. So now both Salvatores have done that to her. So good dating options, so Elena. Violating. Yeah. So eventually, like Klaus is listening to all of this over the phone. So eventually he's like, all right, then. And he tells Damon or he tells Stefan just to stop. I guess like he says that he'll back off um, so that he could hopefully get his family back. Yeah. He agrees to send the hybrids away. Stefan Mm -hmm. has gotten just about to Wickery bridge and he gives it a few more dramatic seconds before he finally slams on the brakes. And then they get out of the car and Elena is so mad. Like she's like, you know that this is where my parents died and that I almost died. You know, because you were there, motherfucker. You know how much that would fuck with me. Like, what is your deal? And she's like screaming and sobbing and it's really good. And he's like, you needed to be scared so he would believe it. And I'm like, fuck you, Stefan. I'm going to talk about this more later, but... Yeah, that was so awful. Yeah. I know. When he said that, I, like, gasped. I was like, oh, how how could you, like, explain that away? Horrible. Yeah. And she's like, what if he hadn't backed down? Like, what would you have done? Were you just going to turn me into a fucking vampire, which you know I don't want? And he's yeah. like, it doesn't matter because I won. And that's all that matters to me. I know, like, Klaus's weakness now, which means I can destroy him. Right. And then Elena comes back to him and she's like, oh, that's what matters to you. That's the only thing that matters. Destroying Klaus after everything that we've been through together. Like you're trying to make me hate you, Stefan. Um, And then Stefan becomes seemingly overcome with whatever little emotion he has left. And he just walks away, slams the door and speeds away off of Wickery Bridge. Yeah. After telling Elena, I don't really care what you think about me anymore. Oof. Like, sure. Sure, honey. Whatever you say. So he's in a dark place, but he won his little contest. So I guess congrats. And now Elena, I guess, is just stranded on Wickery Bridge to relive her own trauma. How's she going to get home? I was wondering that. And I'm going to ask that question again later. But (laughs) first, we have to go back to the Forbes where Klaus has showed up at the door. And he's acting so weird in this scene. Like, I don't know, something super weird about the way he's talking. 
Yeah, he's like using a weird like dad voice kind of. He's like, "Hello, then." <laughs> like, like so gentle. It's it's very weird. I want to help Caroline. Right. It's like he doesn't know how to be nice, so he's like using like a fake nice voice. Yeah. Because um, he's not yeah. invited in, so he wants to come in, and he's like, "My blood can cure her," and. Sheriff Forbes is like, okay, I get how this works. Like, what do you want in exchange? And he's like, just don't fuck with me. Be on my team. Let me live Mm -hmm. my best life. And she invites him in because she doesn't want Caroline to die. And I'm like, yes, correct decision. Unfortunate circumstances, but yes. Yeah, that's like the only option that they have at this point. So he just waltzes straight into her room and like Sheriff Forbes and Matt leave her alone with Klaus. I'm like, is that the best idea we have here, guys? I don't know, but I really loved this part because it reminded me of something from last episode. Uh, Caroline sees class and she says, are you going to kill me? And he says, on your birthday. <laughs> and it just reminded me of last week when Klaus showed up at the Mystic Grill and Dame was like, you're really going to do this here at the grill? <laughs> <laughs> the one place that is sacred. It's like, I wouldn't kill you on your birthday. You Do you really it. think so low of me? You think so low of me. <laughs> Caroline says yes. Her, like, her forehead is covered in beads of sweat. Like, she's not looking... She's not a well woman. Yeah. But she's yeah. still giving sass, which I respect. She is. I know. She's she's doing her best to, to pull through. Um, but she does have a dis- difficult decision to make, right? So she's doesn't want to die, which is what's going to happen to her if, you know, she doesn't let Klaus... Or if she doesn't feed on Klaus. Um, and Klaus is kind of like guiding her and pressuring her a little bit. Um, it's a you know, really he, weird scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's talking about how like she still has like so much life left to live. And there's art. And there's cities and people. And it's so beautiful. Genuine beauty. <laughs> yes, which I, Klaus, love. Genuine beauty. I love great cities. That's my reputation. (laughs) Klaus, great city lover. Yeah, Klaus is basically like, live, laugh, love, Caroline. And she's like, I don't want to die. And then he gives her his wrist and it's real sexual (laughs) the way she feeds on him. Like more so than the feeding usually is. And I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? I mean, he is kind of a hot guy for all of his for all of his shortcomings. Yeah, I guess probably Klaus blood tastes really good if you're a vampire. I don't know. So, Caroline's also hallucinating and on her deathbed, so we can forgive her for being yeah. confusedly horny. So you'll have to forgive me for forgetting the rules of like all of these mystical creature formations, but the idea is that now she will be a hybrid, Mm-mm. or she will be what so klaus's blood is the only thing that can cure a werewolf bite so he's healing her werewolf bite but um the only way to become a hybrid is to be a werewolf first and then get turned into a vampire okay so then nothing bad will happen to caroline except that she's like beholden to him for doing this favor I think this is the whole thing I mentioned earlier where Caroline is randomly, like, conflicted about being a vampire this week. Like, she never has been before. They just Uh needed to set it up for this scene so it seems like Caroline's ambivalent about, like, the rest of her life. Okay. So it's, like, a decision that she has to make to want to live. Sure, sure. 
it doesn't track with the rest of like what's been going on with her. She's always just been like Caroline, peppy, happy, moving forward with her life and like improving as she's been a vampire, like growing right. and everything. But they just needed to change that for this episode so they could have this weird sexy moment. Yeah, maybe that's why I was confused because I was like, there has to be like something that's that's gonna happen that comes from this. But no, it's the real tension is about her decision to continue living. So that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, Klaus is also probably going to hold it over her and like, oh, for she'll sure. feel like yeah. she owes him one, but yeah, it's definitely. weird. And he says, happy birthday, Caroline. I don't know why that wasn't British. Happy birthday, Caroline. <laughs> happy birthday, old chap. <laughs> and she's healed now. Great. I'm relieved. Yes. Hooray. And then this is where I get really confused because Damon <laughs> Has picked Elena up from Wickery Bridge and taken her home. But yes. Elena's phone got thrown out the window of a moving car like miles back. How did she contact Damon? Right. Does she no, have like I, a burner phone up her butt? I have no idea. Does she have a pager? A beeper? I wouldn't be surprised if like Damon secretly put like an Apple AirTag like <laughs> in her purse or something. And he's like secretly tracking her. And that's how he knew where she was. Oh my God. I was very confused. Yeah, it makes no sense. But then they have yet another, like, intimate chat on the Gilbert porch, just like last week. Yes, they do. And Damon is, like, trying to tell Elena that Stefan, like, won against Klaus for them. And Elena's, like, not really falling for it because, like, what she just went through is, like, so traumatic. And, mm-hmm. and she doesn't think that, like, what they got from, like, the situation with Klaus is, like, worth what, what she went through. Yeah, and I'm like, this is not the time, Damon. He's basically like, it sucks, but, like, we really needed this win. Like, it's good that Stefan did that, basically. And she's like, well, his plan fucking sucked, and I hate it. And then he's, like, stroking her face and asking if she's okay. And she's like, you can't kiss me again, bitch. Like, don't do it. Yeah, and she's like, it's not right. And then Damon's like, it's just not right now. Like, implying that, like, in the future, it'll be different, but... Give me time. (laughs) Beautiful. So they don't make out this week. They do not. But I think inside the house, beyond the the porch, Jeremy's like packing up his shit. Well, this is a really weird and like abrupt cut because it's like they're on the front porch and it cuts to like the front door is open the next morning and Elena is hugging Jeremy goodbye. And I'm like, okay, we're there now. (laughs) All right. right. Romance to sibling hug great good night and good morning <laughs> yes good night and good morning the elena <laughs> gilbert story so jeremy is finally fucking leaving thank christ bye girl won't miss you smell you later and alaric's waiting to take him to the airport i guess Mm-hmm. and bonnie comes running up and she's like oh good i caught you before you left and elena's really worried that bonnie is going to spill the beans about the compulsion thing But she's just like, I just wanted to say goodbye, Jeremy. And I needed an occasion to wear this weird peace sign necklace. (laughs) And she hugs. I hate that she hugs Jeremy. Come on. Cheated on you with a ghost. I know. You can't get more low than that. Jeremy gets off real easy. He does. He gets to go live the high life in Denver. (laughs) It's rude, but I'm glad he's gone. Finally. Is the next episode just going to be Jeremy's plane journey to Colorado? Because that's what it feels like at this point. (laughs) 
it does. They're gonna keep on teasing him... us that Jeremy's gone, but nope. Yeah, we see gotta him see him go sketching. through security. The yeah. drug sniffing dogs <laughs> here, go crazy. Here he is in line. Here he is sketching his weird cartoons <laughs> in his notebook. <laughs> oh my god. But hopefully that's the last we see for Jeremy for, uh, for a while. I mean, I know that you know what's mm-hmm. going to happen, but I'm hoping he's out of the show at least for the rest of the season because we're on episode 11, so that's like, what, halfway-ish? I honestly don't remember, so okay, <laughs> I've forgotten a lot in the last yeah. few years about the Vampire Diaries episodes <laughs> that we haven't covered yet. Cause... What else could you have been thinking of, Claire? I don't know. The past two years, yeah. Honestly, I've been thinking about playing video games for hours at a time and watching the same TV shows over and over that are not the Vampire Diaries and frying my brain. I support this. Cool. So peace out, Jeremy. Smell you later. We cut away from him leaving his house um, over to Caroline, waking up in the Forbes household. She has a teddy bear with her. I thought that was really cute. She does. But I was worried that like Klaus like tucked her in with that which would have been like really really creepy he probably did yeah he did because he was using his like gentle british dad voice caroline Um, i want to help you visit great cities (laughs) genuine beauty in this teddy bear uh but girl looks good when she wakes up like i she looks better than i do like after a full night's rest in which like my skin looks good no she like wakes up and she's like looking perfect and she finds that there's a gift on her nightstand and it's wrapped so she unwraps it and it's this like beautiful classy diamond bracelet from Klaus, as the note from says Klaus. in his very spiky handwriting. Yeah, his handwriting is is very very weird. And it's but like it's so much nicer than than the bracelet that Tyler got her. Yeah, and there was this little moment where he like touches the charm bracelet that she's wearing, like before mm-hmm. he gives her the blood. Like, oh, that's what Tyler gave you. I'll do you one better. That's a child's bracelet, but you're a woman now, and you're gonna yeah. see great cities and beautiful art and music and this <laughs> tennis bracelet. Yes. It was a power move for sure. Yeah. Anything Tyler can do, I can do better because I am richer. Yep. And older. Yes. So she's like feeling some confused feelings. She's like, Klaus has good taste. What? And this bracelet's like (laughs) $500,000. So I'm happy that Caroline made it through. Thank God. Imagine if they had just killed Caroline off in this episode. I was worried that they were going to. We would have just stopped the podcast after this. Like, we came back after two years. I couldn't handle that after the (laughs) pandemic. Like, if that had happened, I don't know. I don't know where I would have gone. So then we have to go back to goddamn Wickery Bridge one more time. Why does Elena go back there? She's feeling very emo. She's processing her trauma of reliving previous trauma with new trauma on top. It's like a trauma Sunday. It is. Oh, trauma Sunday. And Matt strolls up and he's like, I hope you're not going to jump. <laughs> so he was yeah, like, LOL. So funny. And then I don't know why he says it, but he's like, I was buzzed, Elena. And I was like, you were buzzed. Like, I don't oh know what, why the conversation gets there, but I wrote that down because it sounded so fucking stupid. Yeah. She says something about the thing he said about them all being stuck. And he mm. says something along the lines of, I was buzzed. I can't be held responsible for being judgmental. And I'm like, that is oh. Matt's entire character in one sentence. It is. Yes, you can be held responsible for being judgmental, yes. you ignorant fool. But they have a kind of nice conversation where Elena's like, 
I need to have a funeral for myself, too, even though I didn't actually die. Like, I very nearly died, would have died if mm-hmm. Stefan hadn't been stalking me at the time mm-hmm. at this very bridge. And, like, my life has changed completely since then. And I'm worried that my parents would be disappointed in who I am now. And I'm like, they probably would because you're dating a vampire or, like, you dated a vampire. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. She's feeling very emo, and Matt's like, it's okay to let that girl go. She was a a really fun girlfriend and an amazing friend. It was kind of cute. Yeah. When we were first talking about Matt in season one, and I was like feeling like I remembered liking Matt in the past, I mostly think about this episode mm-hmm. in those memories. Like, Matt was really nice to Elena that one time. Right. So right. this stuck and in my memory nice for some here. reason and made me forget all the other shit. Yeah, no, he was nice here, and he was kind of a good friend to Elena at a point in which she, like, doesn't really have one, right? Because Bonnie's upset with her because of the compulsion. Caroline's dealing with her own bullshit, and she really needs somebody to help her through, and and Matt kind of stood up there. Yeah, and there's no more of this weird, like, Matt still being hung up on their breakup. Now he's just hung up on his breakup with Caroline, so he can just be friends with Elena again, which is nice. Yeah. And then they like throw some wilted ass dandelions into the into the river to like commemorate her past being over her her funeral, if you will. Yes, yeah, she's like, Goodbye to my childhood. Hello here lies to Elena Gilbert. Yeah. She sorta of died here. It's it's fine. <laughs> so we leave those guys over at the bridge. And I was so happy we get a Mystic Girl moment in this episode because you know it's my favorite hangout in town. Oh, yeah. Alaric's there and Meredith strolls up and she says, thank God, another day drinker. And I'm like, perfect. Ma- match made in heaven. Exactly the right thing to say to Alaric. <laughs> yes. And she says, I just lost a patient. What's your excuse? I know. Jesus wow. Christ, Meredith. <laughs> yeah, she's like, just says it like jovially. I don't remember what he says in response. Yeah, he's basically, I don't know, he mumbles some bullshit. Like, I'm a creepy teacher that lives with 18-year-olds. But she asks to- Oh, he says, I just put a kid on a plane. And she's oh, like, you're okay. a kid? And he's like, it's a long story. Uh, and then she's like, well, buy me a beer. So mm. it seems like he'll tell her about it. Yeah. But elsewhere, something very dramatic has happened. Yes. So we go back to the wooded area in Mystic Falls and we see a dead body. <gasps> and of course, Sheriff Forbes is there because the woman never takes a day off. And she's like, we thought it was hybrids, but look at this. And we see our friend, Mr. Animal Attack, Brian McBrianson, whatever his name is. <laughs> and he has a stake. It looks like through his stomach. And they're like, yeah. but he's not a vampire. No, this is just murder. Oh, oh my God. And that's the end of the episode. So quick cue. Do you give a shit about Brian? No. Why would we? Why are we ending the episode on that? Like, it seems so random. It was what random that they had him in there at all. Like, I guess that they like need a way to be able to no longer attribute murders to <laughs> animals. But like. The show makes so many, like, illogical jumps that, like, it's weird that that was the one storyline that they felt like they had to clear up before they continue on. It just seemed like they shoehorned this plot into this episode to segue into the next section of the season, and mm-hmm. it didn't quite work seamlessly. Yeah, no. It seemed so out of place. 
And this is kind of a turning point in the season. I know we say okay. that a lot. And I always talk about how the season three finale is my favorite episode. And that is true. Mm-hmm. But this arc, starting from the next episode on, is actually, like, not my favorite. Okay. So this is why season three is not my favorite season. I think season two is better as a whole. So I'm Got interested it. to see how I feel about it now. Because I haven't watched it in a really long time, but I remember thinking some of the stuff that's coming up was kind of stupid. So we'll have to see if I was the stupid one or if I was right. Ooh, I can't wait to find out. There's also some really good stuff coming, but I'm thinking of a couple of particular things that I obviously won't tell you about. Yeah, no spoilers for me. And oh my God, we got through an episode recap and it was only an hour and a half. Wow. I mean, like 20 minutes of that was us talking about the pandemic, so... It was. We had we had to catch up our loyal listeners about what's been going on in our lives. So um, it makes sense for this episode to be a little long and we're still getting our groove back. And my headphones fell out a couple of times by accident. So that put a damper (laughs) on things. Yes, it Um, it was very unfortunate. But now we get to go to our favorite um, part of the episode and do our segments. Oh, my God. Claire, I am honored to ask you um, who you want to punch. Oh, my God. I get to go first. That never happens. Oh, gosh. Who do I want to punch? I did not think about this in advance. Like like a fool. (laughs) No, that's okay. Take your time. I want to punch Stefan. Yeah. I mean, it Mm -hmm. seems obvious, but it's just like, and we'll talk about this more in Why Are Men, but like. For this plan, he did not need to specifically take Elena to Wickery Bridge. Like, he did that on purpose to be as fucked up as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And he just is, like, incapable of caring about more than one thing at once, which is really stupid. He's like, I'm no longer obsessed with Elena because I'm convinced that that's over. So now I'm just obsessed with revenge. And I'm like, did you not watch the show Revenge? (laughs) That doesn't end well for people. I know he is a single like a single track mind like the whole the whole series pretty much he's like not nuanced at all he cannot have more more than one thought at the same time yeah for sure so that was very annoying like he brought a lot of drama so like in terms of making a good television I'm not mad at him but I'm just like how dare you sir right I know that's a good choice that's who I was going to pick as well but I'm not going to pick the same one as you I think that I'm going to go ahead and punch Tyler. Because mm. of the charm bracelet? <laughs> bracelet. Well, yeah. that The first thing is because of that gaudy <laughs> charm bracelet. Like, it was like a Tiffany's knockoff, like, from a vending machine. It looked so horrible. Like, you don't give that to Caroline on her birthday. Like, all right, if you're going to give her some cheap-ass piece of plastic jewelry, like, do it on a regular day. <laughs> Um, But aside from that, I was offended that he was dumb enough to think that he could overpower the fact that he was sired to Klaus. Like, I feel like he should have known better. I I mean, I was watching the episode and I knew something was up when Klaus was like, oh, sure. All right, then go go to Caroline. So I was like disappointed that Caroline had to go through that. And I blame Tyler because he still kind of sucks. We almost lost Caroline because he's a dumbass. I know. Like, he's too horny. And then (laughs) we almost lose Caroline from it. Excuse me, no. Deadly boners. Yeah. Pointed in the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I just got the weirdest mental image. (laughs) Apologies. 
Well, I'll let you go first for this one. Uh, who you want to high five? Oh, all right. This one, this one was hard for me because I didn't really want to high five anybody except for Caroline. So that's who I'll pick because it's mm. the easy one. I just love her so much. And the fact that she like had to make a difficult decision to feed on Klaus in order to save herself and also kind of seemingly went through some personal growth um, in the episode in terms of leaving her old life behind and um, being willing to move forward with her new reality, I thought was really admirable, um, if you will. So I'm going to high five Caroline for probably like the 50, how many episodes have we done? (laughs) This is our 56th. So this is probably my 50th time high-fiving Caroline. Sounds about right. Remember yeah. in the first episode when you said she was your nemesis? I know. I was I was wrong. I'm not I'm not too proud to admit when I was wrong and that was one of those times. <laughs> good <laughs> choice, you, good Claire? choice. I'm going to high-five Bonnie even though she was too oh. nice to Jeremy. Yeah. I'm going to high-five her cuz I liked her blouse so much and mm-hmm. because she was very correct in her opinions about the Jeremy situation. She was. But she she also, like, was able to speak her mind and let Elena know it was fucked up, but also let Jeremy leave, which is what I care about. Yeah. (laughs) So she didn't fuck that up for me. And she looked cute. She was chanting in Latin. She's doing the damn thing. And I was also (laughs) just happy to see her after two years. Yes, definitely. No, she was my backup for sure. (laughs) And I loved that zinger that she gave to Elena. What are you going to compel me to? Oh, my God. You tell her, Bonnie. Yes. (sighs) So the opposite of high fives. uh, We got to talk about why are men. Quickly before we do, I wanted to address something that came up during our hiatus. Mm -hmm. That uh, there is a Buffy podcast called Buffering the Vampire Slayer. And they do a song at the end of every episode. And one of their songs for a season five, I think, episode featured the phrase why are men very prominently and oh. one of our listeners may like had contacted us like oh are they copying you so i just wanted to clarify that we did not invent why are men <laughs> like <laughs> i wish we did yeah i wish i could take not. credit for yes. why are men i don't remember where i heard it the first time and i tried to look it up and if you try googling like what is the origin of why are men all you get is like articles about like why are men this why are men supposed to have short hair why are men like waffles these are real examples for my Google oh, no, search. Thank you. So if anybody out there does know where the phrase originated, I would love to know. You can email us at, I forget our email address. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> but just wanted to make sure everybody knows we're, we're we are disciples of the Church of Y, uh, but we're not the only ones bearing that torch. And I personally was very excited to hear them singing about Wiremen because it's a great podcast. So, yes. Yeah. Thanks for clearing that up, Claire. Yeah, yes. can't take credit for that one. Wish we could, but we'll keep we'll keep spreading the good word about the patriarchy yes, or the bad word, if you will. So anyway, uh, why are men, Beth? Oh my gosh, we could probably spend another hour and a half talking about this um, from this episode. But you know, you've you've mentioned it multiple times, kind of as we've gone through our conversation today. The biggest issue we had here was Stefan and his like gaslighting of Elena about her trauma, about almost dying with her parents off the bridge. You know, like despite all of the things that have been going on between Stefan and Elena and like his compulsion to help Klaus and things like that, at the end of the day, like Stefan was supposed to be at least a friend to Elena, if not like 
the fact that they're in a relationship. And this just completely destroyed any, I hope, I hope it destroyed any (laughs) possibility of them ever being friends or lovers or in a relationship or anything ever again. They are never, ever, ever. I just want to sing tonight. I know you're feeling the beat. (laughs) I feel the beat. (laughs) Yeah, that was so fucked up. And like the whole situation with the Salvatore brothers and Stefan in particular in relation to Elena this week was like more fucked up than usual. Cause we started mm-hmm. the episode with Stefan and Damon having another conversation. Like just to clarify, Elena is not allowed to know about this plan. Like we're just going to do this without her. And then it ends up with Stefan being like, Oh, I know the way to win this uh, pissing contest with my uh, frenemy Klaus. I'm going to just like, literally take Elena and put her in peril in the most traumatic way possible and let her experience mortal terror and just do it all for my own plans and not give a shit and not deal with the consequences. Just be like, I don't care, Elena. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. Like, do you think that when Stefan said that he did it because he knew that Elena would be actually scared and he needed to have like her real scared voice. Do you think that he actually believes that? Or do you think that he was just using that as an excuse like for his behavior? I feel like that part is possibly legitimate. It's kind of like when she had to believe that Bonnie was dead at the decade dance. Yeah. So that Klaus would believe it. But it was just that he did not have to do it in that particular way. There was no reason he had to take her to Wickery Bridge. Like, there's any right. number of other ways that he could have put her in danger. But he chose that one specifically, and that's really fucked up. Well, what if he just wanted to show her, like, the before, before they do, like, the traumatic, or the dramatic transformation of rebuilding the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is it. That's canon. Yeah. He's like, Elena, look at this rotting old bridge. <laughs> We're going to make it amazing. It's going to look like it's from a great city. (laughs) Uh, The bridge and lights. Can you see it? Oh, my God. Uh, But yeah, that was just, I mean, honestly, I felt traumatized just watching it. And I haven't even watched the show in two years. It was, it was really, really bad. Yeah. Just like even driving dangerously with her in the car with him was bad enough. Because she's been in multiple, like, terrible car wrecks. Yeah, she has. Like, there, there. I remember there was a big one in season one where that like figure was walking towards her. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he, I feel like part of that was also him trying to convince her that he's irredeemable. Like, it's a thing he mm-hmm. does. It's like, oh, he says something like, "You think that there was still a chance for us, but like the moment that I left town with Klaus, it was over and you just haven't realized it yet. And it's like, he's trying to push her away. Like, I hate you. Yeah. Go away. Go on. Get right. Ugh, I I'm know. Just like, could you like, just, just not have a discuss? I know. Just like have a discussion. <laughs> yeah. Like Stefan was definitely like the worst aggressor in the episode. Um, but there was like a lot of minor things in this episode that also, reminded me that men are toxic so one of them of course was dead medical examiner brian kind of grabbing at dr fell like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing isn't uncommon and like the fact that they also had to have a lark come in to like rescue her quote unquote Mm -hmm. 
that's like toxic in its own right. You and know, like, like threaten him with violence. Yes, yes. That that whole like interaction just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. And that Brian called her crazy. Yes. Oh, of don't course. Don't call a woman trope. crazy, even if she is crazy. Just don't do it. I know. Find a different way to say like she has these personality defects that make it difficult to deal with her. Yeah, that's something that like I actually need to work on because I I don't know if it was just like growing up like in the 90s or something, mm-hmm. but like everything was like, that's crazy. You're crazy. And I'm like really trying not to like use that term when I'm talking about people anymore. But you're right. That's a terrible way to describe someone who actually like has a legitimate reaction to the way that you're treating her. Like that right? goes back to gaslighting as well. Yeah, that sucked. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the stuff with Klaus and Caroline was actually a pretty close parallel to what was happening with Stefan and Elena because it's like these two guys are having this battle with each other, but in order to like get the other to blink first, they each put a woman's life in danger. Right. So he has Tyler bite Caroline because he knows that that will be upsetting. And it's like Caroline is not important to Stefan. Like they were friends for a while, but like he doesn't really, if he doesn't care about Elena, he doesn't care about Caroline. Right. I thought that that was a weird way to, like, get to Stefan. It's weird that, like, if he was thinking of what would upset Stefan the most, it would be Damon because he keeps on saving Damon's life. But it was like, Mm -hmm. no, it has to be a woman. We have to have it be the one woman vampire that we know here. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a a good, good thing to highlight for sure. I see that. And then he, like, presents himself as the big savior, like, oh, not only am I going to rescue you, but I'm going to give you this birthday pet talk about great cities. I just want to say great (laughs) cities as many times as possible because it's so fucking weird. I feel like we're watching an episode of, like, Rick Steves. Like, look at this great city (laughs) (laughs) with beautiful, genuine people, genuine beauty. Genuinely beautiful jewelry. But, yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, And there's just, like, one more small thing that, like, jumped out at me. And I'm probably just maybe split. Well, no, I'm not going to discount my opinion. But Yeah, I'll be the judge. Yeah. When they are, when Damon and Elena are on the porch and she says, like, no, like, we're not going to kiss. Mm. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to. Or she says it's not right that we're going to kiss. And he said, yeah, it's just not right now. And, like, I just feel like that was, like, eroding away at, like, her decision and her stance that she did not want to make out with him. He's like, oh, yeah, but just wait until the right time. I hate, like, that doubting. Yeah, it's like Stefan was telling her how she felt earlier. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. just don't realize that you don't want to be with me anymore. Mm-hmm. Damon's like, you don't realize that you are going to want to be with me soon. Right. Uh, so gross. So we'll continue trying to answer this question. They yes. give us a lot to work with every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, they do. Yes, the patriarchy is strong. But we can defeat it together. Certainly. We can. I hope. Jingle by jingle. When the patriarchy's on a bagel, you can smash the <laughs> patriarchy anytime. Yes! Oh my gosh, my new tattoo. <laughs> patriarchy bagels. <laughs> so anyway, uh, on a lighter note, who should have done it? Okay, can I go first because yes. I have the best I don't. Carry. I haven't thought about it at all yet, so please okay. go first. Definitely Klaus and Mary Lockwood. Oh, yeah. yeah they yeah. are both so toxic and so chaotic <laughs> that I just, just, they need to do it. They need to do it. Yeah, I mean, Mary Carol Lockwood has a type and <laughs> she does. She goes for it and they are all into her. So, like, 
she's awful, but I mean, so is Klaus. Yeah, they deserve each other. Yeah, absolutely. That was where that was headed. So they should have shown it. <laughs> Who do you think should have done it, Claire? Oh God, this is a hard question because like everybody, I would normally say was like kind of terrible this week. Or they weren't there. Or they were. Yeah, they totally were. I really should have prepared for this, but I never do anything. No, Something okay. usually comes to me in the moment, <laughs> but it's been too long. I mean, off, most people should not have done it this week, and it's like, yeah, you could say like Alaric and Meredith, but I don't care about Alaric and Meredith. Uh, I think that Wickery Bridge and being renovated so beautifully should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> or no, hey, no, no. Plus- Caroline and Great Cities. <laughs> yeah, yes, Great Cities, genuine beauty. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Many options, many more uh, whimsical options. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, good lord. Oh, I, I have... feel like in that scene, Klaus just sounded like a f- person who like goes to Europe once. He's like, <laughs> he's like. Genuine beauty. There are so many people in cities. Goes to Europe once. Okay, Klaus. I went to Amsterdam and ate a space cake. I saw genuine beauty. <laughs> Have you been on the Heineken tour? <laughs> so, wow. That was an episode. I was it worried was. that we wouldn't be able to do it. I was, well, I was worried I wouldn't be able to do it. Me too. This went better than I thought it would. It was like riding a bike. It was. It was. To a great city. Yes, to a great city. Claire, you bring genuine beauty into my life, and I'm so happy that we're picking this back up again. Oh my god. I feel like you just gave me a beautiful diamond bracelet. You went to Jared. (laughs) I did. So... We have heard from so many of you in the time since our last episode. It has really been nice to get all of your messages. Um, I know we didn't respond to all of them. I'm really sorry about that. Uh, life has been hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been difficult, I'm sure, as you all know. Uh, we got quite a few new iTunes reviews, so just want to give a quick shout-out to the following people who reviewed us since our last recording. Uh, we have Rachel Evans, Hellraiser, Sparky Nick, Kel Z-Man, Maria E.B., Nick Penn 23, Sarcasm's My Friend, Me, Me, Catherine's Hair Straightener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my so favorite. Uh, Danny 102891, Sinful Sen, Berta's iPod, The Other Vampire, Riamus, and John Kennelly. Thank you all for your reviews. We loved reading them. Thank you. That was seriously a bright spot. You know, every once in a while, like a month or two would go by and then we'd see a new one pop up and text each other. And it was just... So nice to read, and, and we're happy that you guys were listening. Um, it seems like maybe some people did a comfort watch of the series um, over the pandemic. So I think we did get uh, some new listeners in that time period, and we're happy to pick it back up and have you guys. And, and thanks again for, for the reviews. Yes, we are going to try to get back to our old schedule of weekly recording. We'll, you know, We're both living in more stable circumstances at this point in the pandemic, so it's more possible, but no promises. We'll do our best. Yes. And in the meantime, if you want to get in touch or know what we're up to, you can mystic follow us in a few different places. Uh, We are on Twitter at The VD Diaries. We are on Instagram at The underscore VD underscore Diaries underscore podcast. 
You could also find us on Facebook. Um, we're the Vampire Diaries Diaries there. And if you have any uh, long missives, questions, comments, concerns, things that you want to just send to us in private, not necessarily, you know, in a public venue, we do have an email address that you can write to us at. Uh, it's the vddiaries at gmail.com. And we have neglected to mention this in past episodes because we're dumb or I'm dumb. <laughs> I didn't tell Beth that I made us a Gmail. <laughs> you learn something new every day, Claire. And of course, if you want to be like all those cool peeps that we just shouted out, you can rate and review us on iTunes and we'll be so happy. Indeed. Indeed. So that is that for our town. I hope that all of you are staying safe out there and that nobody is taking you to sites of your previous trauma and inflicting new trauma on top of trauma. No trauma Sundays. I hope instead you all get to visit some great cities. And see some genuine beauty. Indeed. And on that note, Beth, is there something you want to say? Of course, Claire. He's a ripper! Mozzarella. <laughs>